Hey, everybody. Welcome to another good episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm your host, Parker. I'm joined today by some new guests, first-time guests, but I'm also joined by producer Jenny. Hi. And uh, But let me welcome them. Uh, no, John, he, uh, his schedule, you know, very packed. Uh, we're recording this the day of the Super Bowl. So John is busy putting, um, planning and prepping for a massive Super Bowl party where we will go drink all of his booze. So see you guys there later if you're free. Uh, but let me, but let me welcome, welcome my, uh, my new guests, uh, Danielle and Brian. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. Now, uh, so today we're talking about, and it's very important we have Danielle on for this. We're talking about port wine. And Danielle, you are a wine expert. As W set seven, is that right? Uh, not quite seven yet, but okay. uh, certified through the Court of Masters and an advanced SOM with uh, Kendall College's beverage program, Living Gourmand. Very cool. So you know a lot about wine, is yes. Punchline. And now, Brian, a scale of one to ten, how much do you know about wine compared to Danielle? Uh, do, do fractions count? <laughs> <laughs> So, so Brian here is more of a uh, spirits expert. Is that fair to say? Uh, advanced uh, alcoholic, yeah. Yes, yeah. Problem drinker. A lot of exactly. a lot of doctors would yeah. say. Sure. Uh, welcome to the club. It's a uh, it's an ever growing. <laughs> we're, we're getting matching leather jackets. It's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I like to ask everybody the first time on the show, uh, Danielle. What do you like to drink? Uh, recently, I've been more into like champagnes, but then not on the champagne budget. So a lot of Cremants from France. Bourbon has really been up there as well as anything gin. I like the doing gin by itself, cocktails. She matches me really nicely. Have you ever had a gin from Gibraltar? No. Where's that bottle? Well, don't worry. We're going to get to that after the show then. Um, But they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, after party. Um, that is that was the winner of our uh, our gin of the year for 2023. Oh. From our uh, our good friends over at um, Spirit of the Rock Distilling in mm-hmm. Gibraltar that we visited a few months back. And they also won best distillery visit. Uh, they did. They did. Uh, I got to get them that award next time I'm there. I'll deliver it to them. Road trip. Um, but yeah. Anyway, nice. very exciting. And then uh, Brian, what do you like to drink? Uh, you know, I kind of go through uh, changes, but uh, lately it's been Clarin, funky Jamaican rums. I like Armagnac, Cognac, American whiskeys. Man, man of expensive yeah. tastes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All over the map, too. Now, now when, you, when you take your private jet to France to, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to tour the Cognac and Armagnac regions. Uh, one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've always said I'd like, I would love to get an Armagnac habit, but I just can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is good. I'm up to like three bottles Everyone I've had. On, on behind us here, yeah. which, is, which is big. Uh, one of these days. I'll have to drink other than just Todd's Armagnac. But uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, guys. We're so excited thank to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and then, as I mentioned, we're talking about port wine. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do a lot of wine episodes, so I, we try to do more specific ones. We had a wonderful rosé one. Yeah, I say the rosé episode was good. Mm-hmm. And our, our good is that is that the first one? That's our first wine episode, right? I believe so. Yes, yeah. so this would be our second one. <clears throat> um, I know our good pal Damien who. Uh, uh, unfortunately, couldn't make it today. He's gonna be very cross with me that I did this episode without him, but he'll he'll get over it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's only a W set three, so whatever. only I know. Mm. I, need, I needed somebody who actually knows about wine for this one, but uh, yeah, we're talking about port, and this kind of came about because I saw this wonderful um, port uh, three pack sampler pack, and I was like, well, that sounds like a podcast to me. Yeah. And uh, we were able to add a few things to it. Um, so I got a little bit. Please correct me on this. Most of this I just got off of the internet late, late last night uh, while I was writing this rundown. But uh, port wine is a, is a Portuguese fortified wine produced in the Douro Valley of northern Portugal. Yep. 
Nailed it. Um, Nailed it is it. typically a sweet red wine, often served with dessert. I know I love it with dessert. Um, also, it comes in dry, semi-dry, and white varieties, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into a little bit today. Um, it's produced from grapes grown and processed in the demarcated Dura region. The wine produced is then fortified by the addition of a neutral grain spirit known as aguardente to stop the fermentation. I love the, the question mark in my voice after that one. Um, leaving residual sugar in the wine and to boost the alcohol content. Uh, the fortification... Spirit is sometimes referred to as brandy, but it bears little resemblance to commercial brandies. Uh, this is all like directly off Wikipedia, by the way. Sorry, guys. Uh, the wine is then stored and aged, often in barrels stored in a lodge or cellar, as is the case in Villanova de Gaia, before it's being bottled. Uh, the wine received its name Port in the later half of the 17th century from the seaport city of Porto, the mouth of the Douro River, where much of the product was brought to market uh, for export to other countries in Europe. Any you guys been to Portugal? Uh, we are actually headed there end of August, early September for our honeymoon. Very so cool. I'll let you know if this is accurate. Yeah. W- weirdly, <laughs> weirdly, my younger brother has been to Portugal, which if you were to guess 100 people who've never been to Portugal, yeah. he'd, be, he'd be top of my list. But he, <laughs> he, he went, got very drunk in Portugal and Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good time. Kind of amazing. He beat me it's to Portugal. very close to Gibraltar. So stop by and get some gin while you're there. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Next time I go to um, Gibraltar, I'm stopping in Portugal. Sounds sounds awesome. Let's like start in Gibraltar and go the other direction. Like we went to Gibraltar and went east. So we could start in Gibraltar and go west. Uh, then we'll you get to Portugal. Oh. We'll let you know the dates if you want to come. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> come crash the honeymoon. What in August? I've already got a fishing trip planned in August <laughs> with uh, some other friends of the show. Oh. But uh, are the, oh, did, oh, wait a second, did the mahi run off the coast of Portugal? This is the quite big question. Maybe, maybe we'll get I, Dan with us. Maybe. We'll have to ask that's, Dan. That's that's big. I'm excited for the seafood and all all the wine. It's yeah. so easy to get drunk in Spain <laughs> or in Portugal. Mm-hmm. It's just good wine without the price points. Of yeah, it's not as expensive. Yeah. Yeah, my brother was telling me how like incredibly cheap some of the stuff there was. Like, he they had like a awesome like oceanside, um, like penthouse thing. And it was like forty bucks something a night or something crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. That's kind of why we're doing Portugal. Is that it's <laughs> approachable. It's a huge expat community, but. Um, it's where a lot of people go from the United States to Europe because it's the easiest way to get a green card. Oh, good, good to know. Wow. Okay. Fun little random fun, fact about fun, Portugal. Fun facts. And uh, the, yeah, the Douro Valley where port wine is produced was defined and established as a protected region mm-hmm. and the name Douro, thus an official appellation in 1756. So all port wine comes from that yes. region. By law now, you cannot put um, port, unless it's from that port region. There was a couple of different lawsuits that have happened over the okay. history. I'm actually glad you brought this up because so I, I picked up a bottle of, and using quotes here, you can't see, port um, from one of my favorite Argentinian wineries um, that's a Malbec-based like port, but it's not mm-hmm. actually a port then, right? Correct. It's just, it's just like a port-ish it, type it's a It's a kind of a little curve in the world of ports. Mm-hmm. It's a fortified Malbec, which is mm-hmm. really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done in similar styles, but because it's made in Argentina and not using the grapes that gotcha. must be in port in port in Portugal, mm-hmm. it is technically a fortified Malbec. Be like drinking put port in quotation marks. Be like drinking an American single malt, not a Scotch kind yep. of a, same. It could be the same process. Same with like a champagne or uh, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. Very cool. Um, so over a hundred varieties of grapes are sanctioned for port production, although only five, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce them, um, are widely <laughs> cultivated and used. Um, for our purposes today, as I said, well, we're using mostly a variety of Quinto do Noval ports because I had a cool sample pack. And then I also picked up another bottle to add to the collection that was pretty reasonably priced. So 
Yeah, uh, so. wait, we're waiting for that, that new sponsor to uh, get picked up for and, us so we can start out. And also, out. Uh, don't <laughs> forget what Danielle uh, brought to the table. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to let her, uh, once we get to it, explain it to us. Okay. But that yeah, that goes... I'm sure that's much nicer. Nothing against Fancier. the good people at Noval, but oh, based on the price point. It, this was a fun find that I found mm-hmm. at a shop. So um, awesome. it'll be a fun way to taste something. Little, little add-on. Little add-on surprise. You can't come empty-handed to your first podcast. <laughs> so have, I've been told. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to taste four to five. I'm going to decide on the fifth one yet. Um, ports. And we're going to start off with the, um, no, is it Noval or Noval? I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Uh, Quinto Noval. Noval. So Noval Black Noval. Reserve. The, yeah, the Noval Black Reserve Porto. But first, let's take a quick break. And we're back. We've got in front of us the Noval Black Reserve Porto. Now, I don't know anything about this other than the notes I took on this. Danielle, please enlighten us. Sure. So this is a kind of style of ruby port is for this house. Uh, you have a bunch of different grape varietals. You got Tortuga Nacional, Tortuga uh, Franca, Tinto Ruiz, which is also known as Tempranillo, and Tinto Kiao. Um, and then there's one more that I will not butcher. But it is uh, two to three years on barrel aging, but it's still considered a ruby port because of the coloration. If you wish you guys could see it, but it's this awesome ruby red color. It is dark. Going though. into a dark, yeah. It, Ports are super concentrated when it comes to coloration and flavors. There's a lot of dark skins that are being um, pulled during the fermentation process, so it makes it that dark, thick color. So um, really yummy. I like it because it's juicy, fruity. It's more of that fruit style forward, um, dark berries, uh, stewed baked fruit kind of cobbler. But um, you can drink it chilled. You can drink it warm. I like drinking it kind of a little less than room temperature when I'm eating some cheese, which... We have some which, which we do have. have some cheese, and then this was just yeah. in the fridge for like twenty minutes, so yeah, you know, it's been out for a bit. So probably right it's around where we want. Definitely smells like juicy dark fruits. Yeah, mm-hmm. like dark cherry juice. Yeah. All right. First impressions, guys. What are you thinking? Not all at once, though. <laughs> it's yummy. Yeah, it's um, like a berry pie, mm-hmm. and like the juice at the bottom of yeah, berry like pie. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It's not like super complex, but it's um, sweet with berries. It'd be lovely with dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely have this after some uh, some dinner. Mm-hmm. Nice glass of this would be perfect. This style is what I would use for like a port wine reduction sauce, whether it's over like berries and cream cheese or if I was doing like a venison kind of dish. Mm. You do a lot of venison dishes at home. Every once in a while. Somebody has to go hunting, but like. Yeah, I mean. God, you know, one of these days I got to get up to Wisconsin and I got an open invite from my cousin yeah. to uh, go deer hunting with him. It's delicious. It's a little Wait, Which cousin? <laughs> well, Courtney's husband, I was going to say Eric, yeah. My okay. cousin's husband. That's close enough. Okay. <laughs> I was the, worried that it was like Kyle. Anyways, I'm cut this, cut this, whatever. No, it's fine. <laughs> well, you know, Kyle and uh, the, the whole family deer hunts. Although Kyle has started and he'll just hang out in front of the house yeah. and wait for the deer to kind of wander by. Yeah. And I swear to God, he got one like that just sitting on the front yard. Of course like, he did. In the winter. But, but, then like, yeah. but then like his cousin's kids who are like not like one of them is in college, but most of them are like younger than that. Mm-hmm. They all have like bow kills. Like they're like. Oh, yeah. Like they, like absolute like champs at this. I think Ashlyn was 10 when she got her first bow kill. Yeah. yeah. It's That's wild. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well, no. If, 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 when the apocalypse happens, I'm, I'm trying to get up there. So yeah. That's keep, where you want to be. So they can keep me alive. Yeah. So you bring the booze. They'll do the, mm-hmm. the hunting. Perfect. And we'll just, mm-hmm. they'll do the, fi- they'll fish too. Like they'll do all of it. 
Yeah. We'll I, just gather things. I, I will have you know, <laughs> I, I'm an accomplished fisherman. You are. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the photo. Much, the fish was this big. <laughs> much, much to some people's surprise. <laughs> I was, when, when you told me that you were going on a, a fishing trip, I was like, you? Like, <laughs> I've never known you to be into that. That's like, never talked about it. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I used to go fishing with my grandpas and uh, my great uncle. Like, we would go down to Arkansas. They mm. would go up to Canada and go fishing. I liked just doing, like, Michigan. It was the gutting of the fish was the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had a guy for that. So that was. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad made sure I did it at least once in my life. And then I was like, all right, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I had similar experience with my father when I was a kid because we uh, would go fishing on the in the river, a lot of that. Anyway, so that was the Black Reserve Porto, delicious. It was very good. I would like that with um, it says it on here with uh, dark chocolate with like a chocolate dish that would be like bomb. Yeah, yeah, nice chocolate little chocolate mousse, nice little dessert pairing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna rinse my glass a little. I think I did as well. I would definitely rinse even after this next one going into the tawny port too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so next up we've got the told you, hydration. late bottle vintage Porto. This is a 2018 vintage. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of notes on this from their the uh, Noval website because they had a lot to say about it. Um, they they claim, and I'm, I, I can't speak to this yet, but they claim this is a remarkable example of the Noval style. <laughs> uh, treated exactly like a vintage port with only noble grape varietals from the Quinta, trodden by foot and unfiltered. Now, does that make a big difference if it's trodden by foot? I saw a lot of this on their site about the different wines versus not. So it's. I'm just picturing like um, I Love Lucy when they're stomping on the grapes. Mm -hmm. Think of that, but about 25 people in a row in a big giant cement tank and they're singing songs in tempo and stepping with their bare feet. Like your legs become (laughs) dark purple and stained with all the color. It really, it's one tradition, but it also helps oxidize the wine and getting as much coloration out of it. Um, there is sometimes a difference that you can tell if we had one that was foot versus non-foot, most people wouldn't know the difference, but it's about the traditions of what happens in Portugal, but they have rooms with these big does, giants. Does tanks. the singing help? It does because then they start drinking while they're singing. <laughs> it's like when they play music to the barrels and, uh, in Rick yeah, ha- yeah. bourbon rickhouses, yeah. So that it like gives it like yeah. some vibration. Gives it that vibration. There's music, there's singing. Um, there's this awesome series. I think it's on Netflix, um, A Year in Porto, and it goes through the harvest season huh. or the whole one year in Porto of That's how fun. the harvest I, season. I, I, and I might have to check that out. It's fun. Plugging for Netflix if you. <laughs> <laughs> now, the main difference here is this is aged for five years in casks instead Correct. of two or three. Correct. Um, so we should get a little more age on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to give you that particular year, the, I guess the cool thing about the late vintages, it, it, just vintages in general, is you're getting a very unique experience from that year. Correct. And there's a whole weather versus climate debate, too, we could talk about But uh, when it comes to grapes. But uh, after a dry winter, 2018 was marked by very cold temperatures and high rainfall until midsummer and a hot, dry end of summer. Now, because of that, what can I expect on this? So that's kind of the perfect antidote when it comes to wine making is because you want to have it cooler. You want the grapes to saturate a lot. And then with it being a hot, dry summer, what grapes do to like protect themselves is make a thicker skin so that it gets sunburnt, if quote unquote sunburnt on the outside and it doesn't affect the juice. Mm-hmm. But that also means you'll get more coloration, more concentration, um, a higher sugar content in the grapes because it's starting to dehydrate the grapes as well. So you're getting more concentration, more sweetness, more full body when it comes to. Um, And then with the extra aging in oak, that helps it kind of chill out and relax 
and really meld together all these different grape varietals. Apparently the yield in this particular year was reduced due to a hailstorm on May 28th of, of the year. Man. Um, faced with these weather conditions, all phases of the vine's growth were around 15 days earlier than compared to the previous year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That That's the biggest risk when it comes to winemaking versus spirit making is because you you only get what you get on the vines and what's left over. So when there's hail or there's a late frost, then there's less grapes that are made. So then less a smaller quantity and it becomes more rare. And then sometimes the winemakers have to struggle and make choices of like, do I pick my grapes now or do I wait? And if I wait four more days, then the grapes may be ruined by yeah. another hailstorm. Mm-hmm. So it's that really high risk, high reward when it comes to winemaking, which makes it very different than spirits because you can just source grains. You can do I mean, that kind of stuff. But it, it is one of those things of, okay, if I don't have these grapes, I can't add them. Well, we'll say that. So a lot of... Sp- a lot of spirits are like that where it's all about like, hey, let's just get it, distill it, get it in the barrel. And then once it's in the barrel, that's what we're waiting for. No. Though I was having this conversation earlier this week with somebody about how what's really cool about mezcal versus um, bourbon or scotch is that it's all about the front end growing of the plant versus mm-hmm. the, oh, okay, we, oh, we got some corn, we, we cooked it up. All right, now throw it in a barrel for 15 years. And see what happens. Yeah. And uh, whereas that, it's like, no, no we got to let, let this agave grow for 16, 17 years and see where we're at. And then we can turn to mezcal. But uh Anyway, the first three years or actually five to 10 years when you plant a mm-hmm. vine, mm-hmm. you sometimes can't source that fruit for five, six years because the vines are so young, they don't create good quality. So you drop it. So you, it's just a waste. What do you just like? You can take them to the farmer's market and just sell them as grapes. Um, They're a little bit more bitter than the table grapes that we enjoy at mm-hmm. farmer's markets and at the grocery stores. Um, They're much more tannic. They're sour. They're not all sweet. Can you use it for brandy production? You could. Okay. You you do see a lot, especially with a vintage when there isn't or there's too many issues. Mm-hmm. They'll distill it and turn it into brandy or, well, they can't call it cognac or armagnac because it's not there. But, yeah, but hey, there's a lot of good brandies out there. There's a lot of great brandies out there. I feel that the like world. The, like the artist. She was great. She was awesome. The yeah. boy is mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but no, I. And Brian, I, that's why people come back to this podcast is oh, my hilarious jokes. Absolutely. <laughs> and that I can bring in a song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anywhere. Well, that was with Monica, though, too. That is true. I was yeah, ready for you to Monica. need to like go back and forth. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. The boy's mine. The boy's mine. mine. The boy's mine. mine. <laughs> you know his name. Interesting how you mention uh, brandies because we don't really. See, I, I I don't really see like Portuguese brandies. It's always like Spanish brandy. Or, mm-hmm. So that's a good point. I wonder why that's not a not a big hold thing. on. Did, you, did, you can't are, see them are, staring at me. Are, but. Are, are, you, are you guys going to, um, when you go to Portugal, are you going to open up a brandy distillery oh, in Portugal? So. <laughs> and it's going to be a whole new category. We could That'd be the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Just Your pioneering parents would be so mad at us for going so far away. <laughs> pioneering Portuguese brandy. We're an hour away and they're mad. They're like, oh. can you come closer? No, it'd be okay. So I'm just trying, I was going to say, I tasted it and it's good. It's not quite as uh, like juicy, like fruity juicy as mm-hmm. the last one, I would say. I think this what this res- reminds me of, and it might partially be because of something Danielle said earlier, is like blueberry balsamic. Mm-hmm. That's what that nice. reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some more fruitier notes. There's earthier. Mm-hmm. You're starting to get more age on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I always... Yeah, I definitely taste the age compared to the last one, mm-hmm. where it's deeper, a little more complex, you know, maybe a little bit of the wood, maybe... I, don't, I know it's not supposed to pick up any wood in the wood they use, but I definitely feel like it's got a uh, more maturity to it. Yeah, yeah. it's not a as little, uh, oh. a, a little less sweetness. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's uh it's got a little Portuguese foot funk in there. 
<laughs> That's a very specific frame of reference from Brian. They clean their feet before they go in. Um, his last girlfriend didn't. She was, she, she was from Lisbon. So, I'm so. sorry, but like their feet, like they're probably still sweating a little bit, I would think. Like there's yeah. a little extra love. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, getting that, I'm getting that like bunion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, no. uh, that's great though. But yeah, it's definitely not like, I, I wouldn't necessarily do this with like dessert, like the last one. Like the, the last one's a little bit lighter, a little, I mean, it's very, they're still very fruity, but yeah, this is a little bit more like, I kind of want this on its own. Yeah. yeah. This on its own mm-hmm. with a cigar even mm-hmm. would be really good. Um, there is that, mm-hmm. that oakiness. There's those baking spice notes of nutmeg and cinnamon and like cardamom kind of style. Should we drink, I should be drinking this in a leather chair surrounded by books. I'm fine. <laughs> I'll bring my smoking jackets. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, You're retired to the study for this one. and It's just really interesting because... In the American market, there's not as much fortified wine being drank. But England, talking like 1500s, 1600s, they made deals with Portugal, with port. And port and port has been around since the 1300s. So you pulling from Wikipedia, they have sommeliers like fact-checking all the time to make sure that people are getting the right ans- information and answers off of Wikipedia. So oh, That's good to know. Fun fact there. And I'll... I, I made some edits though while I was there just to, you know, for fun. Yes. <laughs> be like, Danielle's the best psalm ever. Uh, no, but it is, it'll be fun to see the complexity. And that's why I'm excited for our last one to, for you guys to truly see that was a 2018. We're going to have something that was bottled in 93, which will be kind of cool. So this next one that we got. It's very exciting. So I've had, I've had a 10 year, this is a, their 10 year Tawny Port. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a 10 year Tawny Port before. What does tawny mean? Tawny is referring to the coloration and the style of aging of this port. So it says 10-year tawny port on there. That doesn't mean that it was from, let's see, it's now 2024. It's not from 2014. It's actually the average age of all the different barrels that they pull from. So these are all they can be from anywhere from 175 years old to two years old, but it's the average age of this blend, which is called the Solera method of pulling from different barrels to create this 10-year tawny port. There's also 20-year, 30, 40-year is the oldest I have gotten with a tawny port, but you'll... Yeah, and we've talked about the Solera method down here before in some of our rum episodes yeah. specifically, um, which, you know, it's it's cool because you can get a lot of... That little bit of old, old, old stuff can really give Make some backbone price. to some some younger... When, when most of it's a little bit younger, that really can help. Yeah. So looking at your tawny that's in the glass, you can mm-hmm. see that it's much more thinner. It's not mm-hmm. as deep and opaque, mm-hmm. but you have this beautiful kind of nutty roasted coloration to it. Um, so that's the tawny that they're talking about is that color there. Yeah, this is definitely, um, I guess lighter is not the right word, but it is lighter than the, the other two are dark. The second, last one was specifically is like very dark. This is a little bit lighter, not, not so much that uh, ruby, but more of like, I don't know, like an amber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the concentration is definitely more you can see through a piece of paper and see mm-hmm. the words that... I know, I'm remembering back to the wine paper. class I took five years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, this one I get more of like a figgy kind of a nose on it. I always say that tawny port's mm-hmm. like bread pudding. Mm. Like sticky toffee pudding, figgy. Yeah, this is very different though than the first two. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. Oh yeah, so this this does remind me of the other tawny ports I've had. Um, in style, but it's that's good. Um, but yeah, very different flavor profile. Brian, what are you getting here? What uh, break it break it down for me? I'm getting a little like nutty quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, you you kind of get some oak influence, 
maybe like a little vanilla. Um, but I would say it's not like a peanut, more of like a, I don't know, macadamia nut maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, having visited a macadamia nut farm, I can say that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we did do that. But uh, no, that's that's good. Um, now, what would you pair this with? You think? Tawny ports, I would do with more of like a cheese course. Mm-hmm. Going with like the breeze, we have some manchego cheese on the table. There's twelve year or twelve month age as well as six month age manchego cheese. That salty crispiness, I think it would be fun pairing. Mm, we're gonna do that right now. Though. Yeah, we're all digging in for the cheese. Digging right for the <laughs> cheese. I love food and wine pairings. It just makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but with like a tawny, I always go for something that has a little bit more richness, not as like chocolatey, but mm-hmm. more of those like hazelnut, nutmeg. As I said, like bread pudding with mm-hmm. tawny hey, with hey, a little vanilla ice cream. Hey, Brian, can you crunch a little louder by the mic? I'm just fucking with you. It was, <laughs> yeah, crunch a little louder. <laughs> but, and you can try some of the, the almonds that I brought. They're Spanish almonds, so kind of. I've... Oh, what part of Spain are they from? <laughs> I forget. It's not that I think they're the, oh. Uh, oh. the um, Macomo almonds. So the Spanish Armada, what, do you think that was a good idea? I thought you were going to ask about the Spanish Inquisition while we were at this, while sitting around <laughs> sipping tawny. I mean, we'll get there. I don't like to lead with that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's usually on someone's second episode we bring up. Oh, the, uh... oh, oh, oh. I'll bring my Mel Brooks next time. Sorry. I mean, they never really recovered financially from that, uh, that real wi- no. disaster. That was rough. Um, and I've always appreciated the fact that when I lo- I've learned about the Spanish Armada, the two different parts of my young schooling, and they taught it very differently in history versus Spanish class. I noticed. See, si. <laughs> uh, they really emphasized ah, the, all the like the the storm that wrecked half of the fleet in the Spanish class. Whereas if you regular history, they're like, no, no, the British just handled them, handled them. But uh, pride c- kind of seemed like in that Spanish class they were uh, you know right right in the own history a little bit there. But who's to say who's right? I mean, you know, history's written by the winners, I guess. Yeah, the losers can't really talk. No, because they're, well. they're, they're underwater. They're all, yeah, they're <laughs> underwater. I mean, they're um, still pulling up. Listen, chests of for, for all of our uh, our Spanish listeners, um, I was pulling for you guys in that one. Um, and you know what? Kitty's not here to defend the British the, the British side of that battle anyway. So. Mm-hmm. But they, they would love all this port that we're drinking. Uh, what, what is what, the largest consu- consumer of port? One of our favorite recurring guests, although she hasn't been on lately. But, uh, yeah, we got to fix that. We got to get her back on. Uh, Kitty, who is who is British, and I like to often ask her, when exactly does the sun set on the British Empire nowadays? Sore subject. But, uh, hey, listen. I, I read something um, the, other, the other day. We have, uh, thanks to England, we have the most Independence Days to celebrate around the world. So good, good for them. Yeah. They, they made all that happen. I personally love the 4th of July. I don't know. Anyway, I've been rambling long enough. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we, so we like Tawny Port. What do, we, what do you think, guys? Yeah. I, the Manchego was excellent with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The cheese pairing is a good call. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of your darker forms of port right now we're pouring a white port which can be up to 30 different grape varietals so this will be a fun change in pace now what are your guys's experience with white port because i have a, a very specific though limited white port experience i have none <laughs> uh, no i think mine is the same as yours 
are roughly the same as yours, Parker. So I'll yeah. let you tell you that part. Mm-hmm. But let's, uh, Daniel, you have a lot of white port experience. Um, white port has really been on like the cork dork list for a lot of sommeliers. It's something that like we kept secret and we're like, don't tell anyone. This is really good. But I like putting white port in the freezer and drinking like super cold on hot summer days. Um, and it's just kind of that super quirky dorky style not a lot of white port makes it to the american market there's maybe three or four here in the midwest of white like true authentic portuguese white port because i asked somebody um who in in the wine game recently hey what do you what's a good thing that like how's white port like oh it's great with tonic (laughs) oh yeah white oh Mm -hmm. white port tonics are delicious okay so that was that was legitimate it's legit like they'll drink it again hot summer days that ice cold plus some ice some tonic Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I asked the only um, W set diploma I know about that, and she's like, "Oh, tonic, tonic, yeah, mm-hmm. making it a cocktail, easy drinking, summertime." Um, not this past summer, but the summer before that, it was huge. Like the port craze just went crazy in Chicago, mm-hmm. and so I loved doing a couple of like placements of port tastings, like what the port. So then I had white port, I had ruby port, I had tawny port, and a vintage port all lined up so people could really experience Kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, this is really easy. I can do this. In my sleep. So my experience with it is um, I have a wonderful bottle of bourbon that is finished in white port. Mm, I haven't. That is behind me here. We might have to get into that a little later. Okay. But, uh, and then we went to a local wine bar swath over here and- I was mentioning to the the person working there who was we we're talking about wines, about how like oh I had this really great white port and she's like oh you gotta try some white port because I've never had it and she gave me a pour of it and I was like oh my god this is incredible it's so good but I would never think to buy it like I would never have thought oh let me get a bottle of white port or let me get a glass of white port when do you when do you drink white port I guess is the is the question in the summertime I would do white ports more as like um, an aperitif okay kind of nice beginning of the cocktail add a little prosecco to it or tonic. Or just drink it on its own with some rocks. So you leave with white port and you finish with like a late bottle vintage. Yeah. Or a tawny or a. Yeah. Seafood. Uh, seafood with white port is delicious. That salty brininess. Um, oh. I love oysters. oysters. Um, and really I love all seafood. I was going to say it has a little bit of a funky th- funkiness mm-hmm. to it. It's like pear up front, but it like then it kind of like cuts off and it switches to funk. Yes. <laughs> and it goes into that salty. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It goes into that salty kind of. Crackers, very and cool. Greens. Let's try it, guy. Put it in your mouth. I feel like I feel like with we've been real like dulcet and like in our tones for the wine one here, where normally we're a little rowdier with some of the spirits ones. Oh, we can get Episodes. there. <laughs> um, also, we're recording this during the day, which is yeah. not usually what we do. Yeah, we're usually doing this starting at like eight p.m. So I'm, I'm like half in the bag already. Yeah, <laughs> this um, is the pregame to yeah. the Super Bowl party. Oh, yeah, this is just a different day. <laughs> Listen, if I if I sleep somewhere other than a floor tonight, I will be very surprised. So that's, <laughs> that's the kind of day I'm getting ready for. Are we going to take bets like squares and be like, where is, where is Parker going to end up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll lose some money on that one. Let's not do that. Um, oh, I don't know that you're betting. I think we are. No, that's <laughs> we are. But what, so what do you guys think of the palette on this guy? Getting a little more like a little citrus element to it. Um, but yeah, just lighter, brighter. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, definitely a lot brighter. I mean, you'd expect from the just looking at it, but uh, yeah, I like the little citrus note. Maybe a little bit of uh, like orange zest, maybe. Mm-hmm. I've got like a hint of butterscotch on this get too. Like a, get like a zestiness okay. to it. Just a little yeah, bit. I, I like that too. I kind of see that. I almost want to do like another round of pouring of that to see if like how much of the tawny was left in the glass because uh, I didn't rinse. That's fine. You can. Oh, you, that's allowed. I got. I literally bought a whole bottle. Of yeah. This, so. Cool. Go for it. 
I, re- I did rinse mine. That congratulations. I'm sending you home with this bottle of white port. Woo! Actually, you know, Jenny, you could put that in your barrel if you'd like. Oh, I could do that next yeah, after. Yeah, put, a, put the white port in there once you get the... So currently I have a barrel that I got for Christmas and I aged champagne in it for a week and now it has bourbon in it. How so, does the champagne turn out? Uh, it was like completely flat, but like... I did give it a sip, like not a big one, because I knew like probably not a good idea to drink much of that. But um, it was interesting. Like it tasted kind of like a Sauvignon Blanc, I guess, mm-hmm. um, after after the barrel. But um, but yeah, the bourbon is is in there right now. Very exciting. I always like to when I used to do the exams and studying for my exams for sparkling wine. What I would do is I would chew out all the bubbles, like swish it in my mouth, like mouthwash, to mm-hmm. see what the flat wine tasted like to figure out the grape varietals. Mm. That was interesting. Kind of, so that's why I was like, "Huh, it tasted like a Sauvignon Blanc." That's kind of cool. Yeah. But I see what you mean by like a summer drink. This is this is kind of like light, refreshing. It's got a little viscosity to it, though. It's not like mm-hmm. overly light, so there is some a little bit of backbone to it. But uh, that's nice. Like I just. I can drink four or five of these right now. And it's not overly sweet, too. It's, oh. it's got a good balance. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's got like a hint of, a hint there, but it's not like, oh, my God, it's just like. Yeah, it's sweet. got honeysuckle, like florally notes. Oh, Ooh, good honeysuckle. note. Yeah. God damn it, Brian. Why didn't you come up with that note? <laughs> yeah. Try harder. Do better. Oh, man. But good stuff. Um, so yeah. next up, we've got the very, very special. Surprise. So tell us about this port. So this port is a late bottle vintage, similar to the 2018 that we tasted in round two. Oh, wow. But you'll see the coloration on this. It's actually from 1993. It was a barrel, well, it was a bottling um, project that was done actually for Marshall Fields. So on the front label, it'll say selected for Marshall Fields. And I saw it at a small account. And it kept staring at me like two, three visits later. And I was like, all right, it's meant to be. I'm taking you home. <laughs> um, I opened it up. I had to use my ASO because, granted, it's a 1993. Um, it was actually, um, the grapes are from 1993. It was bottled in 1999. So six years of barrel aging. And then it's been bottle aging since 1999. So, um, Does it age much in the bottle? The... Especially 1993 wasn't the best vintage for port, for a vintage port. But um, it does lose the pigments and it creates sediments, um, what Brian's dad would call as the yum-yums. Um, because the cork was so old, we actually I had to use an ASO, and then some of the cork got into the wine, so I had to filter it through like a cocktail yeah. um, strainer. So there was a lot of sediment pieces that came out of it. I got to finish my big, work. Big uh, shout out to a friend of the show, Brian's dad. <laughs> Yay. He'll listen. Um, listen, I've my philosophy in this podcast has always been, we've been doing this for got three years now, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, is like the more people we have on the show, the more people have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. We have obligate, obligated parents of people who are on the show who <laughs> oh, will and, get into it. I do want a quick shout out if she's listening. Our, uh, our number one fan in Australia, Rachel. Yeah. Um, our view, our listenership in Australia is below 10,000. Rachel, tell your friends, they got to listen more often. All right. <laughs> I got I to get my Australian listeners over 10,000 again. We're counting on you. And if you, if this happens, Rachel, we will have you call into the show for an episode, but I got to get those numbers over 10,000 a month for, uh, uh, our Australian listenership where, you know, it's a big segment that we care about, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe, maybe we'll revisit that Star Wars episode that we scratched because it was not very good. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. you know what? I'd still like to talk about that Australian whiskey someday. <laughs> um, try again. Anyway. 
We can do some Australian wine for sure. I'm sure that whiskey has something that's finished in like a Shiraz bottle or something. Shiraz. I think it was all wine finished, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, just, just Erica talking about oh, yeah. her, her high school nickname. Yeah. Old twofold. <laughs> um, Is that a pentold? Yeah, she's, she's a character. Um, and, and a great person to go to Europe with, let me tell you there. Yeah. That's my favorite person to go M- to Europe MVP with. MVP of our Europe trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her and Rocket Dan. Yeah, I mean, they worked as a pair. <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently, apparently they did. Yeah. Anyway, back to... Uh, now, this is very cloudy, I'm noticing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... And it's like brown. It's like mm-hmm. muddy water. A little bit of... Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you poisoning me? Is this I, what happened here? I tasted it earlier. I made sure that it hadn't gone bad, I promise. Jo- um, jokes on you. As a problem drinker, I've been poisoning myself this whole time. Our livers are so good. Nobody wants them. Um, so with late bottle vintage ports, just because it says late bottle vintage does not mean that you're supposed to hold on to this and let it age and let it go. It's supposed to be still drank young between like two to three years. So I thought this was a cool experiment to see something that was bottled in 1999 and a great example as to like, no, you don't have to wait forever for like certain ports are meant to be drank kind of young and fun and youthful. This is showing, I haven't drank a port from 1993 um, bef- prior to getting this, but I saw the development. It's dark. It's cloudy. The It used to be ruby red, similar to that 2018 that we tasted with dark concentration. But this is what happens when um, a wine ages. It loses its coloration. The pigments come out of the tannins, which then settle at the bottom of the bottle. So you'll see a little bit of fragments in there, but go for it. See what? It's got an interesting nose. Yeah. It's got a little like acetone or I think I really, I think this is really cool though. Oh yeah. Actually. Okay. So that tastes a lot better than it looks. Mm-hmm. It, lo- <laughs> it really does look like cloudy, like muddy water, but that's because mm-hmm. it has oxidized yeah, over it, like, the last 30 it, years. It looks like it's going to give me dysentery, <laughs> <laughs> but it actually or, t- or it looks like the, um, like medicine for dysentery potentially. Like it looks like it could be like a medicine of some kind. Yeah, like I just got a little bit of sediment in on my tongue and it just gives that grippiness. But it still has similar qualities to the Tawny Port, which I thought would kind of be fun to do it. It, de- it definitely reminds me most of the Tawny Port. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it doesn't have like that red fruit that the other ones had. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe subtly on the back end, I get a little bit of fruity something, but it's very subtle. Like, I get like tiny. golden, like... Macintosh apple-y yeah. kind mm, of thing I can see on. that. Yeah, I like, I like apple there. I get, um, I mean, not like green apple, though, more like a red apple, yeah. I guess. So it's like, it's, it's not like a red fruit necessarily, but I guess a red apple is a red fruit technically. Red skins, yeah. Yeah, but uh, interesting. I, I just like, thought it'd be something fun and funky. Oh, no, it's definitely it interesting. Is, I feel like I've got a little bit of that like balsamic thing from earlier, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like white balsamic vinaigrette mm-hmm. kind of thing. Still got good acidity. Like, there's structure to it for sure. Yeah, it's really good. Is it drinking in its prime? No, but something fun. If it was next to certain desserts, I'd be down for it. Yeah. So, Danielle, tell me, why should I be drinking more port wine? Because it's delicious. and Yeah. Um, I think that the world of port needs to get a lot more love because it is so versatile. You can have it with savory foods, sweet foods by itself with a cigar. I like drinking port by a, like a fire in the fall. It just is just that warm and comforting. It is a higher proof alcohol. So that's why I like doing ports for people who love like bourbons and that kind of stuff, that high proof warmth. You feel it at the back of your throat 
And it's just savory and it's also fruity forward. So it has the versatility to take on a lot of palates. Um, I hope more and more people drink more white port because it is something that's a light, refreshing option. Kind of, it could go with like a gin tonic. Yeah. And do a white port topper. I, yeah, that would be nice. I think what you mentioned earlier, mixing it with Prosecco or something like that yeah. would be nice too. Be the next wave of Aperol spritzes. Pretty sure yeah. we've got a bottle of Cavour Prosecco in the fridge right now. Um, just throwing it out there. Podcast after. Yeah, right. Brian. Can I add something? Yeah. Uh, no, I no, think... no, I'm going to do quiet, please. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, go ahead, Brian. Um, yeah, as a, as a bourbon and scotch drinker, I, I think, I mean, we need port drinkers. We're mm. not going to have the midwinters. We're not going to have the port finished scotch. Any of that stuff is not going to exist if people stop drinking port. So I, I think it's really cool. Like anyone that drinks scotch needs to try these fortified wines. Because it's it's part of what they drink, and it, it kind of helps you build your palate. It's I think it's really it's a really good thing to do for anyone that enjoys this stuff. That's a good point for like bourbon drinkers and Scotch drinkers who you know will enjoy. And as I know you and I do, some of yeah. the different finishes. And we've done some episodes on different finished whiskeys, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's cool to get you, for no other reason than for the science of it to be like, hey, like okay, what does a port taste like? If I'm drinking this port finished. Or I'm drinking Angel's Envy Rye, which is. Mm-hmm. A, uh, oh, sorry, that's rum finish. I'm thinking they're bourbon. Yeah. They're bur- the angels are going to be bourbon, thank bourbon. you. Um, mm-hmm. That's port finish. It's like, yeah, what, what am I getting out of here? Okay, this is what the base of it is. Uh, now, I do want to ask, so if I'm if I'm getting a dessert wine, why should I drink port over sherry, Madeira, Sauternes? It's like picking a favorite child. Well, I don't have any children to be my favorite, so that's fine. Um, I think that ports have a little bit more richness and fruitiness and a little bit more approachable. Mm. Um Madeiras, it kind of depends on what level of grape varietal a single Madeira has. There's Cercial, which is like really nice and dry. And then there's the Bual, and um, that's that super rich, sweet, kind of like a tawny port. So there's that variety. I think ports are more approachable. I also love that they are shelf stable. They can sit in your fridge or on your counter for a month or two at a time and still taste the same. Mm. I put the 93 in our fridge just because I wanted to protect the, like, volatile behavior going on in that bottle. But I think that ports can be a placement in any wine list and it's an easy upsell or even easy like, hey, you're having the cheese course at for dessert. Have some port with it. And then another person can do a sauterne and then you can do a cheese and wine pairing with fortified wines, which are really mm-hmm. fun. But ports are approachable and people know the word port. Not many people know off the top of their hands like – what is Madeira and what is so turned? Like you don't have to at, at least table side. You don't have mm. to explain as much. See, you know what an interesting episode would be is if we tried a port and then a port finished something. I would have bet a hundred dollars. You're going to say starboard. No, that's you who would have said that. Um, <laughs> no, but like if you have something finished in white port, taste the white port and then taste the bourbon that's no. finished in white port or, you know, something like that. Oh, absolutely. Might be, no, that I, might be interesting. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. We could do that right now, well, we're, actually. Well, we're, we're going to do that with after we, we're done about the white port one, because I want Brian to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Um, I do have uh, a follow-up to, I guess, real quick, let's Just ask. Favorites? What, what was everyone's favorite of the, the Noval uh, collection there? Let's start with Danielle. I would have to say my, my MVP is the white port. Okay. Just because I don't drink it enough, but I love it, and it just was a revisit. It's 
beginning of springtime. The sun is out. It, it's time to go from the dark ruby ports. Like I drink scotch in the wintertime. It's time to go into something lighter, like a mezcal. Mm. Like it's bringing it's on a, spring. Yeah, Listen, it's making I, you feel spring I, vibes. I, I know yeah. the sun's out right now, but it's like 35 degrees out. Just heads up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd call it spring, but that's okay. Eh, we'll only have one more like winter spell and we'll be mm-hmm. fine, right? All right. Brian, what was your favorite? I can hope. Runner-up's going to be the white port, but uh, yeah, if I wanted something for like a good dessert pairing, I'd go for the uh, late, late bottled vintage 2018. That was my favorite. Gotcha. Jenny. I have a hard time deciding between white port and the white port and the black reserve. Um because they're just so different from each other and I feel like they have different purposes. So it's hard to like rank them against each other. I'm going to say the white port is probably my favorite, but of the others, the black reserve, the first one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like that one as well. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Brian here in the late bottle vintage. I think that's the one I would, if I was going to revisit it, I'd want to, I want a glass of port at the end of the meal. I'm not necessarily pairing with anything. I just want like, yeah, give me a glass of port. That's what I would want to do. I do love if I'm doing dessert, I would, I would want the black reserve port. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it was six months from now, I'd want the white port. But uh, yeah, I uh, all season. But like in a in a yeah. vacuum, I like the late bottle vintage. They all very much have their own purpose. Like it depends, like mm-hmm. what like you would need to have the right situation to order any of them. So yeah, I like that. There's like such a variety of it too. That's, yeah, that's it's a good cool. it's a good thing to have. And uh, I do have one bit of mailbag um, cleanup to do. Okay, so we I mm-hmm. believe we did a question from uh, our uh, fan of the show Casey mm-hmm. um, recently, and he had a follow up. He uh, he apparently really likes bullet rye. And he wanted our take on bullet rye, if that was something that was like, okay, that he liked it. Um, I personally don't drink bullet rye, um, nothing <laughs> against it. I don't drink a ton of rye whiskey. I don't drink bullet in general. <laughs> yeah. Or like a lot of bullet generally, but I don't have anything against it. I just, uh, no, but Brian, you have any hot takes on bullet in general? It's just MGP, right? I mean, that is the word on the street. It's the word on the street. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot more interesting ryes out there, but I mean... Not gonna. It's, well, he, it's he, fine. And in fairness, he is um, admittedly pretty new to the game. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's okay. A little basic. No uh, offense, buddy. It's, it's really a little basic. Yeah. That's okay. It's, you know, we're all evolving. We all. You start as a. Uh, um, wow, what's the Pokemon? Hold on. You, you you start as a Squirtle, but you become a Blastoise. There it is. Um, nice. A, a Charmander. You become a Charizard. So <laughs> you know, you know, we're through it. And I'm sure it's fine. I would. Uh, there's a lot of interesting rides. If you're into ride, you can kind of evolve into, but nothing wrong with that up front. Um, yeah, for bourbon, I mean, I, I, he specifically said uh, bullet rye, not bourbon. I know he's been. Uh, he said he's been trying some other bourbons, kind of getting exploring the space there, which is great. And you know, we're we're here to teach the good people yes. of uh, Chicago and the world about uh, what's out there and what to drink, what they can drink, and you know, that's our taste, not necessarily everybody's taste, but. Uh, um, yeah, you know, just, just try some new stuff, buddy. That's okay. Like bullet rye is great. You got that to fall back on if you like it, but you know, mix it up a bit would be my advice. I think bullet rye is a great entry yeah. as yeah. coming from an angle of like a Psalm, like I'm never going to diss anyone for drinking what they drink and what they love. Never, but never's a long time. It'll, you know. it'll be internally sometimes <laughs> judgmental, but I never want to stray anyone away or belittle somebody for oh, what they're drinking totally. or what they like to drink. So, yeah, bullet rye has its purpose if this is your gateway into it. But I would go the old Forester rye. I would go into, mm-hmm. if you like that rye, if you like the entry-level rye, 
All right, let's take it up a notch. Go Old Forester, go even Angel Envy Rye, something that isn't so scary if it's a label that they recognize, but it's a different I will say the, price, the price point is a little yeah. rough on the on oh, Envy Rye. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll share it. That's fine. <laughs> um, bottle sharing is great. When you can get people together and you all bring a bottle around and share a sample, that's how we love to learn. Is oh, I, yeah. I can't afford 200 bottles. Well, we have a lot of bottles, but... Um, <laughs> not, not me. I, no, I just you, have my you three, have, you have three bottles. Three bottles. At time. That's it. On the table. <laughs> yeah. But go for it. Try something new. Go to a tasting event. Go to a bar. If they've got a bunch of whiskeys, just taste that way. Yeah. So Talk to bartenders. In see what they yeah. think or what they would recommend for what you're yeah. trying to find. Yep. Before you invest in a whole bottle, just go mm-hmm. to a bourbon bar and be like, hey, I'm trying to figure out if I like rice or not. And mm-hmm. they'll be more than happy to guide you. Well, mm-hmm. Casey, I hope that helps, buddy. And thanks for listening. Keep playing. And uh, Jenny, where can the good people find us? They can find us on the internet at chispiritsguys.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they can email us your uh, your great ideas for new episodes, your uh, praise for me, your scorn for John missing yet another episode, mm-hmm. uh, chispiritsguys at gmail.com. And of course, our wonderful Instagram feed that I will update one of these days at chispiritsguys. <laughs> I'm working on it, gang. I'm working on it. Um, listen, it's tough being... Uh, president, chairman, and social media coordinator. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, a lot of hats I got to wear. It's a lot of things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, a dog dad. At, like, at Chai Spirits, guys, for our Instagram um, stuff. And yeah, hey, thanks so much for being here. Guys, thank you for your first time on the show. Our thank pleasure. You. I hope you had fun. It was a good time. Awesome. Thanks Tell- for having us. Um, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you next time here at Chai Spirits, guys. Cheers. 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 Thank you.